Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks, guys. Hello, everyone. And this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, I want to talk about how you must leave these wolves in sheep's clothing alone. Yes, I'm talking to the church today. You must leave these wolves and sheep's clothing alone. People, you think because your kindly, gentlemanly pastor has been up on the pulpit for 20, 30, 50 years that they know what they're talking about, that they actually care about you, don't let that sway you back onto the broad way back to hell. Because let me assure you, they care nothing about you. So let us pray. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, We love you, and we want you to be our King, our Lord, and our God. Father, help us today. Help us to understand that you have corrupt men in the pulpit that have not been sent by the Lord Jesus Christ to shepherd over your people. They came in through another way. They did not come through the door, through Jesus Christ. Sadly, some have come through Jesus, but they are apostate now. Father, you do not want your people to be led astray. Show us through your word. Show us how we can identify them so we can avoid them. Father, I ask for wisdom today to be able 
to let your people know that we must come out from amongst wolves and sheep's clothing. They don't talk about repentance. They don't talk about sin. They don't tell us how if we don't stop it, we will go to hell. Father, if anyone seeks fellowship, may they come to you for direction. May the Lord Jesus Christ point us to the men he has chosen so that we can stay on the straight and narrow way. Father, I give you glory. And I ask that the Holy Spirit move on me, open up my mind, show me, teach me the deep things in your word because I want to learn, Father. And I ask this and I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, listen. And hear me close, my friend. If that pastor of yours, and remember, we don't call anyone my pastor, but that man standing up there in the pulpit, if he have you tithing 10% of your income saying it's for the ministry, to preach the gospel all around the world, run. He is most likely an apostate or just a straight-out false teacher. He is putting you back up under God's curse because tithing was one of the 600 and 13 laws of Moses, which was given to Israel, not the Gentiles. Jesus' sacrificial death on our behalf freed us from the penalty of not being able to keep the whole law. The Bible says that if you keep one law, you must keep them all and hold on i need to fix my chair here and you must keep it in exact accordance to the way god gave it to israel and if you don't keep it you are back up under god's curse so you keep one of them laws and that includes tithing, well, you got to keep them all. Yep. The problem is you can't keep all the law because if you could, then Christ Jesus died for nothing. So, yes, we must come out from amongst them. Right, Holy Spirit. Folks, you got to understand there are a lot of corrupt men in these local churches and mega churches throughout the world, namely in America. You have to truly understand these men, 
They travel around in packs. They are, a lot of them are hypocritical. They say one thing and do the complete opposite. They have their own little camps. And if you are not in their camp, then they will come against you and say things. But if you are in their camp, then you doing the same thing that they come against another ministry. And if you are one of theirs from their little circle, then it is fine. So there is a lot of hypocrisy going on amongst these church leaders. At the end of the day, it's all about big business for them. It is not about saving souls. Now, I'm quite sure there is a remnant. But for the most part, if this issue was was not important, then Jesus would never have warned us about them. Paul would never have warned us about them. John, Peter would not have warned us about how these men, they, they come in acting like sheep, but all the while, they are wolves and sheep clothing. They come with another gospel. They come with traditions of men. They come with commandments of men and doctrines of devils. Intentionally twisting scriptures. Getting you off the right path onto the broad path because the broad path brings in the most money. So, if we look at 1 Timothy 6, 3 to 5, it says, If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words, of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness. He is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words which produce envy dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. Amen. Look at what Paul was telling Timothy, that you got men of corrupt and depraved minds, destitute of the truth, who think that godliness is a means 
to get paid, to be large and in charge, to live high on the hog off the backs of God's people, making merchandise of you. Yeah, they treating this as big business. Paul is telling us that they make church big business. They see this as a lucrative money-making scheme that the gospel to them is big money. They feel it is, no, 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 not feel, no, they have studied this and got this down to a science that church, that gospel, <laughs> that the the preaching of any kind of gospel will make them rich. There is a lot of money in weak sheep looking to get their ears tickled and there are a lot of corrupt men with deprived thinking that they can come up into the body of Christ and peddle their books, their CDs, their their conferences, and those who are in sin love to be entertained by these wolves. These ministries make it their business to bring you the entertainment that your sinful walk desires. So, those who preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ, the real gospel, yes, should be paid a wage, absolutely. There's no problem in the people giving money willingly to their local church to meet the needs of the pastor, especially with all the labor that goes into preparing sound sermons and for the upkeep of the church, absolutely they should get paid. All I've been talking about, thank you, Holy Spirit, for these last couple of episodes is to not allow yourself to be deceived because you don't have a lot of men in these churches doing the right thing. So what I believe the Holy Spirit has been impressing upon me is to exhort and to warn that you must be careful who you fellowship with. You should be in the word of God for yourselves so that if you choose to go into a brick and mortar building wanting to have fellowship with like-minded believers, that anytime you hear a teaching that goes in direct 
contradiction to what you've been studying, then you would know to grab your hat, grab your coat, and you get up out of there. So that's all I'm doing. So, yeah, we know it takes money to run a ministry. Like I said, don't allow yourselves to be deceived. And the only way we get deceived is when we don't study God's word for ourselves. That's the problem. Because then we, when we go to these churches, we don't know for sure if he's lying to us. Oh, it sounds spiritual. It sounds godly. These, these men are charismatic for the most part. They are great orators. I give them that. Oh, they got the gift of gab. They are prolific. And they seem like nice people. They really do. You got to understand, though, they are putting on a performance. They have to engage your attention long enough to make sure them buckets get passed around. And they look at their fellow counterpart parts to see how they are doing it. How they draw the crowds. What speakers they get to come in and entertain the people. They pay these other pastors and Bible teachers big money. Big money to come into their church. Because even though this person is a known heretic. It don't matter because they draw the big crowds. The bigger the crowds, the bigger the offerings. So we must stay on alert because I'm telling you this is a fact. Whether or not you believe this or not, you have to stop being fans of men. Because when someone is telling you so-and-so is a false teacher, you won't be in total denial and defense of this individual who is not bringing sound counsel. But you won't know if it is sound counsel or not because you are not studying the word for yourself. My hand is raised. That's how I got duped for years, being spoon-fed the garbage. So, all I'm saying is that key red flag, because see, to me, I've been, I've been doing a lot of thinking since this morning. In my, di- my downtime, quiet time with the Lord, I'm over there in John chapter 10. Where Jesus is saying that how his sheep knows his voice. 
and he and he went on to talk about the hireling the hired hand that comes in through another way he comes in through another way because Jesus was saying that how he's the door and so you have a lot of these self-appointed pastors heading up these churches. So then I got to thinking, well, if they're not coming in through the door, which is Jesus, meaning Jesus did not send them, how do they get in? Hmm. Seminary. They go to seminary because think about it. Jesus never sent any of his disciples to seminary. Jesus did not send them off to a man-made institution of learning the word of God. And then once they graduate, then then he sends them out into the world to preach the gospel. No. Mm-mm. See, that is why when we study the word of God for ourselves, we see our Lord Jesus in action. How did he handle his disciples? How did he teach them? And what did he teach them? Because that's the teaching we need to follow. And his teaching was all about repent, believe the kingdom of God is at hand. Live holy. Stop sinning. So, any other teachings that's not surrounding that wholesome understanding and learning? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. He's preaching another gospel. Because, see, Jesus talked about hell. If they ain't talking about hell, then they're not following the teachings of Jesus. Jesus talked about love because what's in that heart? What's in that heart? It's, it's going to come out. Murders, deaths, strife, jealousy, sexual immorality, murders. All of that is coming out of that heart. And he told us, look at the fruit. Because a tree could say all day, oh, I'm an apple tree. But if you look on the ground, all you see are are oranges. Guess what? You are lying. You are an orange tree. No, I'm not. I'm an apple tree. And you're looking at the fruit. All you are seeing are oranges. So it's not about what they say. It's about what they display. So for me, two red flags for me that are huge indicators about who that person is in that pulpit. Number one. If they start putting in your face their seminary degrees and teachings and titles, mm-mm, Jesus didn't send them. And number two, if any pastor practice 
the false doctrine of tithing in their church if they make it a requirement that you must tithe as a member and want you to sign up as a member, red flag number three, you get up out of there because Jesus, hear me, Jesus will never send anyone to shepherd over his flock and put you back up under the law. Jesus fulfilled the law. So why would he have anybody shepherding over you, teaching you, and at the same time, have you back up under the law? Mm-mm. Nope. It don't pass the smell test. Because, see, Jesus told us to test every spirit. Who is this person? Yeah. So what? His title is doctor, reverend, senior, pastor, whatever. Uh-uh. And then I was thinking, cause let, me, let me tell you something. <laughs> when, when you live a life of, re, of repentance, you have a whole lot of time on your hand to now invest in studying the word of God. You really do. You got a whole lot of time because sin takes up a lot of your time. So I was thinking about the word, no, about the title, Reverend. How narcissistic and arrogant and prideful you got to be for you to expect any other mere mortal to call you Reverend. We don't revere any mere mortal. We revere Jesus because Jesus was the only one that laid down his life for you, <laughs> that, that died for your sins. What do we look like calling anybody reverend? That's, that's bold. Not only is it, is it bold, it is arrogant. What makes you believe that you need to be revered? Well, I went to seminary school and I paid $89,000 to get this title. And so what, that makes you more versed in the scriptures than me, lay person? Really? Okay, so then how is it that you don't know that Jesus fulfilled the 613 laws of Moses, and you know, since you so well versed in the scriptures, I know that you read what the book of Galatians has to say, what the book of Romans has to say about that. If you do one, you got to do them all. So why are you having the people tied? Well, no, well, because you see, in the book of, of Hebrews, we have Abraham giving a tithe to Malachi, I mean, to Melchizedek. And so what? Did Paul command us to tithe? Did Jesus command us to tithe? So what tithing is mentioned in, in an account of Abraham 
on his way back from a battle, ran into Melchizedek. Just because the word tithing is mentioned in the book of Hebrews does not make it a doctrine. I'm telling y'all, they come up with all kinds of twisted ideas and lies just to get that money out of you. Why? And and I was asking this, asking this on the last podcast, on the last two podcasts. Why can't they just simply ask the people for a donation? Congregants, First Baptist, whatever church, we need money. Can you help us? And then they profess the need, whatever that need is, and allow the people to give. And the people going to give. People want to give. Obviously, they like giving. They like tithing. So obviously, they don't have a problem with giving up the money. But you see, when greed comes into play, they want more of it. Because, see, in their minds, if they ask for a donation and leave it up to the people, they ain't going to give as much. So they say, you don't know how much we're going to give. It may be 20%. Nah, they ain't going to give 20%. How do you know? See, that's the problem right there. So, all I wanted to talk about today really is that, number one, we ain't up under the law. We ain't, we, no. Because look, Galatians 2, 19 to 21 says, For through the law I died to the law so that I may live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live it by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Amen. And my Lord did not die for nothing. So, I take it personal. I take it personal that anybody tries to put God's people back up under under the law when Christ laid down his life. Y'all got to understand how horrific His crucifixion really was and the suffering he went through. That beating with that cat of nine tails was so severe that the book of Isaiah chapter 52 went into great detail to tell us that Jesus looked unrecognizable as a human being after that beating. The Roman soldiers put him through. He was he was mutilated. He was disfigured. 
It was a bloody, brutal, swollen mess. The people were appalled. They were horrified. Because he didn't look human. Imagine, could you imagine what that must have looked like and for these charlatans to be running around in their wolf and they wolf they wolf packs making light of the gospel coming up with these money making schemes because for them godliness is great gain playing church is big money is big money in the gospel you got these lukewarm Christians, false converts, looking to stroke their own ego, um, egos with the, in their self-righteousness that, oh, they come into church to worship God. So because we know that these people are in sin, so we're we going to get them for everything they got. And it works. It works. And how do we how do we know that it worked? Because these people are millionaires. Multi-millionaires. That money ain't going to God. These people, they help one another get paid. Yes, they do. So I wanna I wanna I wanna talk about something. Let me find this because we must fight for the faith. We must defend the gospel. You know why false teachers and false prophets must be exposed? For these are the people who are in the name of Jesus perverting the gospel. They are misrepresenting Jesus and they must be contended with. They must be refuted and exposed. Why? Because if you pervert the gospel and misrepresent Jesus, you undermine salvation. Look, Jude 1.4. I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live in moral lives. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago, for they have denied our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, I take this personal, and you should too, because Jude explains why his readers should aggressively defend the truth as predicted. Okay. Immoral men had crept into the membership of the first century church. Yep. Jude describes them as ungodly, accusing them of claiming that God's grace allowed them to lead, to lead an immoral life. According to Jude, they even rejected the fact that Jesus is the ultimate authority and Lord. Mm -hmm. It seems these apostates believed it was acceptable to give in to the body's evil desires. 
the apostate's character, conduct, and con condemnation. Oh, yeah, it had been predicted. Look, Isaiah 8, 19 to 22 says, When the people, instead of trusting God, say to you, consult the, the mediums who try to talk to the dead and the soothsayers who chirp and whisper and mutter, should not a people consult their God? Should they consult the dead on behalf of the living? Direct those people to the law and to the testimony. If their teachings are not in accord with this word, it is because they have no dawn. They who consult mediums and soothsayers will pass through the land deeply distressed and hungry. And when they are hungry, they will become enraged and will curse their king and their God as they look upward. Then they will look to the earth. They will see only distress and darkness the gloom of anguish and they will be driven away into darkness and overwhelming night see look you know what hold on let me let me come down here because what does the bible say about false teachers and this is why we're going to do this study today. I know it may seem like I'm rambling. Sometimes you just have to sit back in reflection and just let some things just get off your chest. And so that's, that's really what I'm doing with this podcast today. I'm just letting some things just ramble off my chest and tumble down onto this podcast. Because what does the Bible say about false teachers? Because see, the question has to be, why are we allowing false teachers to spread lies throughout Christianity? Why aren't more people standing up? The apostate church is married to the world. You got to understand that. Because sometimes we can just label all false teachers apostate. Some of them are not apostate. Some of them are, are just straight out charlatans. They, they never held to the true teachings of Jesus. And so for them, they are just your average, everyday, local charlatan. And then you have some that have been truly sent by Jesus, but they got corrupted along the way. They are apostates. They at one time held to the true teachings of Jesus, which was all about godly living. And loving your brother, brothers, and sisters in the faith. Mm-mm. Not today's modern church. Mm-mm. No. These charlatans and apostates, they go out of their ways, bending over backwards to make sure 
you don't feel uncomfortable about your sin because to them, it's not their jobs to condemn you. After all, we are all under God's grace. No, they have this universal mentality that at the end of the day, we all going to get to go to heaven. Oh, no, we not. Uh-uh. A whole lot of people are going to be shocked when they hear from Jesus, depart from me. He already told us in that day, many, many will say to me, Lord, Lord. And the reason why they saying Lord, Lord, because they actually thought that they were going to get to go to heaven. They actually think that they were serving Jesus all the while they were promoting a false Christ to the masses. So, I want to give us real quick 25 important Bible verses about false teachers because false prophets spread the evil prosperity damnable gospel because of their greed you got a lot of them out there you got a lot of a lot of word of faith charlatans prosperity charlatans peddling everything Mm-mm-mm. False teachers say things like hell is not real. Jesus is not God. I can't judge. <laughs> you can be a Christian and live in rebellion. It is ridiculous. These preachers never preach on sin because they don't want to offend anyone. They twist the Bible into a pretzel to justify sin clear teachings in the bible they just throw them away uh-huh they are proud and conceited people oh yeah and the and the and the lukewarm church loves them many are just motivational speakers <laughs> they only talk about love and your best life now. Who's going to talk about the severity of God? Mm-hmm. Yep. Thought so. No one. It seems to be. While Jesus teaches us to use money wisely and not to be materialistic, you got people like your, your Creflo Dollars and your Kenneth Copeland's Asking for millions for Learjets, they better repent. If a false teacher tells you not to judge them because the Bible says not to judge, that's a sign you, you are right about them because the Bible says to judge with correct judgment. Mm-mm-mm. If you can't judge, then how would you be able to judge against false teachers, which the Bible warns us to watch out for? How will you be able to judge against the Antichrist? How would you be able to judge against a good and bad friend? Christians, 
can identify false prophets by aligning what they teach and say with scripture and also by how they act. I told y'all, Jesus already told us you can judge a tree by the fruit that it bears. So the question on the floor, the reason for so many false teachers in the world today is because of why? Sin, the sin of greed. The sin of greed is the reason why we have many false teachers. For many, for, for many, it's a get-rich-quick scheme. Others don't speak the truth because that will cause people to leave their church. Less people means less money. Yeah, look. I think I gave y'all this scripture, but it bears repeating. 1 Timothy 6, 5. These people always cause trouble. Their minds are corrupt and they have turned their backs on the truth. To them, a show of godliness is just a way to become wealthy. Mm-hmm. The second verse. Yeah, I want to give you 25 real quick scriptures about these false teachers and what the Bible has to say about them so that we won't be led astray. 2 Timothy 4, 3-4 tells us, if this is not already now happening, then we are pretty close to it. A time will come when people will not listen to sound teaching. Instead, they will follow their own desires and heap upon themselves teachers who would tell them what they want to hear. People will refuse to listen to the truth and turn to myths. Yep, so how, how could we, how can we recognize false teachers? Well, Isaiah 8.20 gives us a clue. It says, to the law and to the testimony, because this is how we can recognize them. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. That's how. We are to look to God's word. We are to study the scriptures. So that if anybody comes up in the pulpit preaching something different, we would know it in a heartbeat. Yep, because people who contradict God's word are completely in the dark. Let us not forget that. Number four, Malachi 3.18 says, Then you will see again the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. Yep. Number five, Matthew 7.15-17 says, Beware, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves, you can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes 
or figs from thistles. A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. True. Number six, First John 2, verse 22 says, And who is a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ, anyone who denies the Father and the Son is an Antichrist. That's how we can peg them. Number seven, Galatians 5, 22 to uh, 26 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. Now, those who belong to the Messiah Jesus have crucified their flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, by the Spirit, let us also be guided. Amen. Let's stop being arrogant, provoking one another and envying one another. That's how we can tell these false teachers and how to recognize them because the Holy Spirit is not leading them to love, joy, and peace, patience, and kindness. It is everything but the fruit of the Spirit coming out in, in them. So... Can we, can we judge and expose false teachers? Oh, you bet your bottom dollar we can. Number eight, First Timothy 1, verses 3 to 4. When I left for Macedonia, I urged you to stay, to stay there in Ephesus and stop those whose teaching is contrary to the truth. Don't let them waste, don't. Don't let them waste their time in endless discussion of myths and spiritual pedigrees. These things only lead to meaningless speculations which don't help people live a life of faith in God. Amen. Yeah, we are to judge them. Look, number nine, Ephesians 5.11, take no part in the unfruitful work of darkness but instead expose them oh absolutely number 10 1st Timothy 1 18 to 20 Timothy my child I am instructing you in keeping with the prophecies made earlier about you so that by following them you may continue to fight the good fight with faith and a good conscience by ignoring their consciences, some people have destroyed their faith like a wrecked ship. Mm-hmm. It says these include include Hymenius, Hymenius, and Alexander, whom I handed over to Satan so that they may learn not to blaspheme. Mm-hmm. Amen. Folks, we are to watch out for false doctrine. Yeah, look, number 11, Galatians 1, 7 through 8 says, Not that there really is another gospel, 
but there are some who are disturbing you and wanting to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be condemned to hell. <laughs> Paul wasn't playing. Number 12, 2 John 1 10 through 11 says, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house and do not give him any greeting. Why? Because the person who gives him a greeting shares in his evil deeds. See? So it is commanded of us not to have any fellowship, not to even greet a false teacher. Otherwise, you will share in his evil deeds, which will not go unpunished. Number 13, and I love this one. Romans 16, 17 to 18 says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Amen. Whoa, my favorite here, number 14, Colossians 2, 8. See to it. See to it that, that no one takes you captive by empty, by, by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. I particularly love the way the NIV says it about the high-sounding nonsense. So, look, there, yep, Revelation 22, warning against adding and taking away and twisting scriptures. See, this is what the Bible is talking about, these false teachers. It warns us about adding to scriptures, to the scripture, taking away from the scripture, and twisting it. Revelation 20, 18 to 19 says, And I solemnly declare to everyone who hears the words of prophecy written in this book, if anyone adds anything to what is written here, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. And if anyone removes any of the words from this book of prophecy, God will remove that person's share in the tree of life, and in the holy city that are described in this book. Amen. Look, here we go. Testing the spirit. Guarding yourself with the Bible. Number 16, 
1 John 4, 1 says, Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God, for there are many false prophets in the world. Amen. Yes, not only are we to mark and avoid them, but we got to test them to see if they come from God or not. Number 17, 1 Thessalonians 5.21 says, But test everything. Hold fast what is good. Number 18, 2 Timothy 3.16, my favorite. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for what? Doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Amen. So what else does the Bible says about rebuking false teachers? Number 19, 2 Timothy 4, 2. Be ready to spread the word whether or not the time is right. Point out errors. Warn people and encourage them. Be very patient when you teach. Amen. Number 20, Titus 3, 10 and 11. As for a person who stirs up division after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him, knowing that such a person is warped and sinful. He is self-condemned. Mm-hmm. Amen. Folks, may we be reminded Number 21, Ephesians 4, 11 to 15, because corrupt men who love to heap upon titles upon themselves, they need to strip it off because they love to talk about the fivefold ministry. Well, let's talk about that. Ephesians 4, 11 to 15. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. That's why Jesus gave us these gifts, folks, not to be used as titles. He gave, he gave these gifts for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ why that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive but speaking the truth and love may grow up into him in all things which is the head even Christ amen so Jesus gave us the fivefold ministry, if you will, so that we can learn sound doctrine, 
and not be taken by the okie doke by corrupt men destitute of the truth. These functions of administration, folks, are not to be used as a title of vain glory by any person in church leadership. So, you pastors with these titles all in front and in back of your names with your fancy collars and robes, you better strip that off and repent. Otherwise, God is going to judge you. You are usurping his worship from his people. Y'all better stop that. Number 22, Jude 1, 4. For, for certain individuals who condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immor imm immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign Lord. Folks, false prophets, wolves and sheep's clothing, oh, they may look like a brother and do good deeds, but even Satan disguises himself. Look, number 23, 2 Corinthians 11, 13 to 15 says, These people are false apostles. They are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. But I am not surprised. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no wonder that his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. And that's the problem. In the end, they will get the punishment their wicked deeds deserve. Amen. Number 24, in closing, 2 Timothy 3, 5, they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could, that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Amen. Number 25, John 8, 44, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his, la his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Amen. So, just like I started with the podcast, I'm going to end with the podcast. Church, you must leave these wolves and sheep's clothing alone. Amen. So, like I said, I just wanted to come on here and ramble off real quick just to keep the mindset that uh-uh, we don't believe everything somebody tells you, especially where your soul is concerned, because Hebrews 9.27 makes it clear for all of us. We 
have been appointed one life. Then after that, the judgment. You got to understand. I believe it's in James, right? Where he talks about how life is but a vapor. We only get one shot at this, folks. One shot. And then it's off to eternity we go. We don't want to be shell-shocked standing before Jesus, thinking we are going to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, only to hear, depart from me, I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. Mm-mm, mm-mm, we don't want that. So, all I'm going to leave you with is study, pray, come out from under these wolves and sheep's clothing. You have to know sound doctrine so that when you hear the lies from the pulpit, you would know that you are in the company of a wolf, a heretic, a charlatan, an apostate, or just a straight-up clown in a three-piece monkey suit. You got you to gotta learn the difference. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Stop sinning, because, see, that's the real problem. Because we could blame false teachers all day. The buck stops with you and me. We must stay out of sin. We must live lives of repentance. Fruit of repentance, fruit of the Spirit should be reigning in your life. You got to understand, sin no longer has dominance over you. That's the part we seem to be forgetting. It is possible to go, comma, and sin no more. Because I'm telling you, my hand is raised and this is not a boast. When you make it a practice to Stay out of sin. You have a lot of time on your hands to now devote yourself to prayer and studying of God's word. You have to educate yourself as much energy you committed yourself to that life of sin. And then you got born again. We'll use that same energy energy if not more so to learn righteousness and then do that because see then and only then we won't be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine we will know the okie doke when we hear it and be like nah brah that is not what jesus said oh What you mean? Don't you think I should know what Jesus said? I went to seminary. So what? I'm being taught by the Holy Spirit. 
Holy Spirit trumps seminary all day. Amen, Father. Thank you so much for this word. Thank you that we have assurance that if we are led by the Spirit, we will not make provisions for this flesh. Therefore, when we seek fellowship with the brethren, we won't allow ourselves to be led astray to want to get our ears tickled because we don't want to hear sound doctrine. Oh, you already told us it's going to come a time when people will will turn from sound doctrine. So that must mean sound doctrine is being taught somewhere for people to want to turn away from that, but to turn to the mess, the myths following behind teachers of like-mindedness where sensual desires are concerned. Mm-mm. Nope. Jesus said his sheep knows his voice. And another voice, another one of these hirelings, we ain't following them no more. We're done with that. So, Father, I pray that today's lesson and encouragement brought you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Another one in the can. Repent and believe. Stop sinning. Come out from amongst these wolves and sheep's clothing because bad company corrupts good morals. Come to your senses as you ought. And stop sinning. Amen. And that's 1 Corinthians 15, 33 to 34. Study it. Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.